Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Thanks, y'all. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. This is a show where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so you know what it's really like to live life on the road. And we have a great one for you because we're going to recap our last year because this is the first podcast of the new year. Welcome to 2024, guys. Yep, that's right, 2024. We are definitely a little bit late on this. It's basically the end of the month already. That's we okay. took a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast because life has just been madness. And we'll catch up to date on the very end of this podcast on where we are, what's going on, how life is for us. And please do bear with us because we do have a newborn baby and it makes things quite a bit more difficult when it comes to recording stuff. So if you hear some squeaks or some wheeze or wahs or whatever in the background, it's just a baby trying to fall asleep. Yeah, so obviously the biggest change in our life is that Everly joined us. And technically speaking, she joined us last January, late December, probably. But we found out that we were pregnant in January of 2023. And so that was really set the trajectory for the year because if we weren't pregnant maybe we would have shipped the van to south america and kept going yeah i find that interesting because like yeah we might have but also at the same time i think we were kind of headed back north no matter what because we like didn't really know we were pregnant until we were already headed back north we were like in costa rica when we knew Right. But but previous to that, where we're in January, we're standing there on the beach in Panama, you know, watching the woman burn as we... Well, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I know. It sounds kind of wild, right? So in Panama, they have a tradition where they uh, build this, like, women, st- woman structure, right, out of, like, wood. And it's supposed to be, like, where you put all your thoughts of things that you either want to get rid of or you want to wish into the new year. So it's almost like a lady luck, you know, type of thing. And I don't know if she's bringing it to the gods or if she's bringing it to out of space or wherever she's bringing it to. But the idea is like to let go of previous things and bring in the new year in a good way. So we took the time to, well, I don't know if Frank did. I definitely wrote some things on a piece of paper. Did you? We wrote like a whole piece of paper each. Okay, good. And we put them in, you kind of, throughout the day, people are adding their papers and other like pins or things or uh, they actually have a tradition of like burning a scarecrow in your front yard. So lots of people will have kind of like a scarecrow in their front yard. Um, So a little bit of the same tradition, but... We put our intentions in for the 2024, and then right at the crack of midnight, they lit her on fire, 
and she burned. Oh man, it was the biggest burn that I've seen personally in my life. She was life. probably like at least 20 feet tall. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. There were people with 12 foot ladders trying to like put things into it. It was wild. And to do it on the beach in Santa Catalina in Panama was just like so surreal, I feel like for us. And it really just made us like take a step back and really just realize how far south we were. You know, or like we were under Florida at that point, mm-hmm. where where when we started the journey it was like Alaska, West Coast, almost as far as you could go, and now we're all the way down in Panama. You know, yeah, that Crazy. was really cool that we got to do that entire trip. I feel like that trip is gonna like be a milestone in my life for mm. sure. What well, was a goal that you wanted to finish? You know, like this, like the whole Pan American Highway was Alex's idea and thought and something she really really wanted to do in her life and to be able to make that possible and actually finish that trip in the sense of like all the way to Panama because that was what the plan always was Mm -hmm. yeah so we get to Panama we are turned around we spend January in Costa Rica with my parents my sister and her kids Mm -hmm. Um, and that's actually where we found out that we were pregnant yes so that was really exciting we got to share that moment with my family and it was super special and beautiful and we were in like the kingdom of slots I feel like (laughs) I know it sounds so funny but I remember us being out to dinner the place that we were at dinner at there were slots climbing through the tree I remember getting this, like, nighttime lapse of the sloth climbing through the tree. Oh, yeah. that? So I, that's, like, why I say the land of the sloths. I feel like we saw a lot more sloths in Costa Rica than anywhere else. I, yeah, I think exclusively. I, I feel like they're in Panama, too. I mean, you would think the topography is basically the same, same yeah. so... But that's where we saw the most of them. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, very cool, very unique. And, like, we did a, I did a little bit of surfing at that beach. Um, just... Having that opportunity to hang with Alex's family, I think, gave us some, like, perspective on kind of wanting to be around our families again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a while at that point that we were around anybody. Yeah, definitely. We had spent, you know, we did a little bit of traveling with people through Baja, but then for the whole rest of the journey, we were basically by ourselves. Yeah. You know, some people would come in. We met Ernie and Allie, who are a beautiful couple. We yep. met uh, the French couple who have their surf camp in France now. Uh, We met a lot of beautiful people along the adventure, but really it was just Frankie and I traveling south, 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 south. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just us, and which was actually a blessing because we thought that we would need people to do this trip, and I think we quickly realized that we didn't, and it made it more enjoyable to where we could do the things that we wanted to do and not have to be on anybody else's schedule really, like, pretty much ever. Mm-hmm. Unless we, like, put ourselves on somebody else's schedule. Mm-hmm. But so after January, we kind of put ourselves on an insane schedule to get back to the United States as quickly as possible. I am a green card holder in the United States. I'm Canadian. And you're not supposed to be out of the country for more than one year at a time as a green card holder. Without reporting it, right? Without pre-reporting it before you leave, mm-hmm. which we did not do. So we needed to get back to the States Um, In a pretty timely fashion. Mm -hmm. And so being that we were pregnant too, I think that really kind of lit a fire under us to just start bugging. So we drove through, you know, the rest of Costa Rica in a day, basically got to the border. 
Then we got through Nicaragua in like two or three days. I think I think it was two because we didn't stop. Uh, we were gonna stop to see Zeki, but Zeki was in Texas, I think. Right at the time, so we kind of just drove right past that. Yeah, so maybe um, we spent one day. night in Nicaragua. Yeah, I think we did one night, and it was at basically the same rest stop that we stayed with Ernie Nally when we entered the country. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. And so, yeah, then we entered um, uh, one of our favorite countries. Well, we entered Honduras, and then we drove almost all the way through Honduras, and then we stayed one night in Honduras. That was the only night we spent in Honduras the whole trip. Yeah. So that was kind of funny, you know, to be doing it on the way back uh, in a yeah. really fast way. It was a gas station parking lot. We slept in a lot of gas station parking lots oh, yeah. on this drive home because we weren't trying to find the scenic stuff because we'd already kind of done a lot of the scenic stuff and we really didn't have time to be fussing around. So we were just like, go, 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 park in the gas station. And I feel like we felt like it was necessary to stay at least one night in Honduras because we, how can you say you've been to a country if you haven't at least stayed a night there? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's like people in the States who were like, oh, I had a layover in Chicago. I've been to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah like, you never oh. actually been. So yeah, at least we ate some food there and we kind of hung out. We spoke with some locals in Honduras, like yeah. at that gas station. And Still so, not a whole experience, but no. at least we did one night. I mean, I would love to go back because we did talk <laughs> to some people that stayed in Honduras for a few weeks and they really loved it. They said it was definitely an interesting um experience you well know. and the thing that they loved about it was they have a husky dog and there's a lot of like elevation in honduras and so for them it was the cooler temperatures that were keeping them in honduras and enjoying the countryside there yeah so something to think about but then we dropped into el salvador and we went to visit our favorite tour guide at Tunco Life. Salva. He's just an amazing person. And then we also got to visit Casa del Golfo. And we stayed there for about four days. Um, we had a four-night stay there that was all-inclusive, super beautiful. We went fishing. We swam. We went night snorkeling while you were pregnant. Like, we did some pretty wild shit while we were there. Mm -hmm. I surfed. Um, yeah, and it, it was such an amazing place to stay. If you missed those videos, you definitely got to go back and check those out. And we do have some shots on our Instagram of just how beautiful that place is. Yeah. And this is the point we started kind of telling people that we were pregnant. Yeah. You know, we'd already told my family, obviously, it was still very early. But when we family? were meeting people, you know, like Salva, who we spent so much time with on our way down, on our way up, we wanted to, like, let him in on the secret, you yeah. know? And he was very excited for us and... You know, which was amazing because we were able to share this news with people who have literally been on our path on this journey south. And uh, they got to enjoy the news with us in person. And I felt like that was such a surreal, beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was nice to be able to kind of start telling people. Sorry if you can hear her... Uh... Doing she's, her just, thing down here. she's just chatting with us on the podcast, you know. She's telling you about how the ride was when she was in the belly on the way back. Pretty bumpy. Yeah, it was kind of bumpy, I'm sure. And fast. Lots of hours in the car. We spent so many hours. So we did maybe a week in El Salvador on the way back. Um, and then ate a lot of pupusas. Tons of pupusas. So many pupusas. We had to get as many pupusas in before we knew <sighs> we probably wouldn't have a real authentic pupusa for a while. Right. And then we crossed into Guatemala. Yeah, Guatemala, uh, where we spent one night in Guatemala, like basically at the border. 
I think we are... We spent two nights, I think, because we went to our favorite hostel in Guatemala. Oh, and we got our favorite pizza. You're right, you're right, you're right. We spent two we spent two nights there. We spent one night at our favorite hostel. Um how was that hostel of Antigua? Antigua and something like that? Antigua. Antigua. It was like, it's like Antigua but like spelled kind of funny. Differently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh which was is an amazing place. In Antigua, Guatemala. Yes, yes. And uh, we actually, the prices were a little bit more expensive when we came back north, which was kind of interesting. Uh, but that was just inflation in itself, I guess. Well, yeah, and I think too, you know, it had a lot of good iOverland reviews, anyways, but like yeah. adding to those reviews and probably more people taking advantage of it, yeah, uh, definitely made the prices go up. Yeah, and it was still fairly inexpensive, mostly. Uh, I think we stopped to do some laundry, too, as well. And, and then, we took Paco to the vet, because yes, we needed papers. the vet, well, we needed papers for this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. There was so much paperwork for Paco, to be totally honest. Actually, and, Paco kind of got us stuck at the Nicaragua border for about eight hours. One yeah, one so one when we were going to Guatemala, we heard that Mexico was really tough on the paperwork for the dog, so we definitely needed to stop and get that. And then we got his teeth done while we were there, because it was so much less expensive than getting it done in the States, and mm. we'd found a vet that we felt really comfortable with um, because we had seen this particular vet on our way south when Paco got really sick. Mm -hmm. um, this vet was awesome and took care of Paco really well. So it was really nice to see them again, get a bunch of stuff done for Paco at a discounted price, yep. and then continue northward. Yeah, so then like fast forward basically, January we pretty much just spent like driving no this was february now because january my parents didn't leave until the very end of january oh, true true so basically all of february two weeks in costa rica yeah so basically okay. all of february was driving 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 and then we drove the whole length of mexico in a couple of days Three mexico days? is huge mexico is very large it's probably the same size of all of central america uh, like driving wise. Yeah, it was bananas. And we were doing it so quickly and just staying in like, uh, you know, like we said, like gas station parking lots or like Walmart parking lots. And it was by the time we got to the ferry, uh, we stayed with uh, some of my parents' friends in Mazatlan for one night, one two night, nights, one just night. one night. And then the ferry we were on the next And night. then we were like, okay, hopefully we get on the ferry today. If it's not full, if it is, we'll come back and hang out. But if it's not, then we're getting on the ferry. And we'll see you later. Yeah, and so we ended up getting on the ferry that day. Uh, the ferry to Baja from Mazatlan. Which is like an overnight ferry, basically. And then you're in uh, La Paz. Yes. And so when we got off the ferry in La Paz, a friend of ours, Nomadic Alpho, he reached out and he had seen our Instagram story that we were getting on the ferry. And was like... We're parked literally right where the ferry lets off. So if you want to come and hang out, come and hang out. And at this point, we were so tired, so exhausted from driving nonstop. And, like, when you're driving nonstop, I feel like you don't really eat very well because, you know, you don't take the time to cook and enjoy your food. You're kind of just, like, mowing down whatever you can whenever you can. Um, and then just really putting in way too many hours on the road. So... No rest, no recuperation. By the time we got to Baja, we were burnt out and ended up, you know, thanks to our friend Alex, with a group of really cool people on the beach in Baja, in mm. Tecalote, and stayed there for 
two whole weeks basically just laying on the very cold beach. Yeah, I mean, there was like probably about two to three days that were warm out of the two weeks. And every other day was like pretty windy and cool. So it really wasn't like going the water swimming type of weather. But it was still an amazing time. We got to hang out. We got to give them all the news about the baby coming along. Um, yeah, we, we got to hang out with people that we only really knew from online other than Alex. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so meeting Lost Renegades was great. Meeting Danny, um, you know, meeting Devin, meeting all these people, Bree, uh, meeting the Bryles mm-hmm. was great. Um, riding with Ophelia. Riding with Ophelia, yeah, just like a, a really awesome crew of people uh, that we very much enjoyed and, you know, we're happy to cross paths with again later. And on I think at that point it was kind of, it was nice because we hadn't actually like hung out with other nomads for a long time. Um, you know, we left our French couple in Panama, and then from then on we hadn't really seen any other nomads or like hung out with anybody. Frankie's extrovert batteries were really low, so we needed to fill those up and played a lot of bocce ball on that beach. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we also played some Catan. Some Catan, yeah. Um, yeah, we had a really great time in Baja, um, but you know we still had this ticking time clock of the green card, and Baja itself is pretty long. You know, for, like, a drive. Like, yep. it's not a drive that you do in a day. I think maybe we did it in two days. We did it in two. Well, we did it in three days because we stopped and hung out with um, Fenny Moore, Adventure Moore. Yeah. Right? And We did one night with we Phil did and one, Susie. One night with them. We did one night with Phil and Susie, and then that was it. Yeah. Then we... Oh, we did one night in Mexicali because of our... Oh, because we had our first doctor's appointment yeah. for the baby. So, I had been calling... All of these, you know, places where you could go get checked for pregnancy in California. And it was going to be so expensive and so weird. And, like, they wouldn't see me. They wouldn't take me. They wanted so much money, blah, blah, blah. And they also wanted a commitment to, like, have the baby with them, I feel Right. And I was like, well, I don't know. I could have lied, I guess. But I was also, like... Hands up. Hands up. I'm not going to be here, so I don't know. I just, I didn't feel right lying about it. Anyways, we, I found a doctor in Mexicali, and they gave me no trouble at all. We went in, we had the ultrasound, um, the doctor was really great, we got to see the baby for the first time, and we actually had two ultrasounds while we were in Mexicali, one for, like, checking for fetal abnormalities, and then one just regular one. Both were really lovely experiences. And it was so nice to, like, hear Everly's heartbeat for the first time and, you know, confirm for sure, for sure that we had a baby in there. Because I feel like you do the pee on a stick test and, like, yeah, you're pretty sure that there's a baby in there. But actually seeing the baby and hearing the the heartbeat, that made it really real. Yeah, it was definitely surreal at that moment. We definitely shed some tears in that moment and... And, uh, you know, just had a moment together in, in that spot in our lives. And uh, it was really cool because the guy that actually checked for the abnormalities and stuff, um, we went to go pay. And he was like, I said, you got a credit card machine, you can take credit card, right? And he goes, oh, no, it's actually down right now. I'm only taking cash. And I said, oh, well, I'm going to have to hit an ATM if that's cool. 
And he said, you know what? It's your first baby. Congratulations. Don't worry about it. This yeah. one's on me. So it was super sweet of him. Like, where would you get that kind of care in the States, I feel like? Yeah, I think it was only going to be about 100 bucks anyway. It was like 120 bucks. Like, it was very generous of him to hook us up like that. And, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of, this whole year, I think a lot of points of it are, like, people being super friendly and nice and, like, mm. you know... Um, the very next thing that happened when we crossed the border into oh. the United States, yeah. um, we went to a Home Depot because that's like our second home. And we knew at this point, you know, we'd been talking for the many, many hours of driving that we were doing. We love, love, loved our Van Olive. It was a 2019 Ram Promaster, fully decked out, everything you need, gorgeous paint job. Uh, you know, toilet, shower, convertible bed, um, just, just everything. Everything. It, the way it was laid out was amazing. So much storage. So much room to actually sit into on top of the storage. Right, yeah. We were, we love that van. And we did two years in that van. But now we're thinking, okay, if we have a baby, where is the car seat going to go? Where is the baby bed going to go? How are we going to grow into this vehicle as a family? And, you know, two options. One, we, you know, rip a bunch of furniture out and renovate and figure out how we want, you know, it to be laid out. Or two, we sell the van, get the money out of it, and then build something brand new that is actually going to support our family. And so we, you know, to be totally honest, you know, when we went down to Mexico and Central America, our incomes went down as well. We still had the YouTube income, but it wasn't very much. And so a lot of our YouTube income depends on sponsorships. Yeah. So if you watch the videos, occasionally you'll see, um, you know, in the video, we'll have a little product ad for something that we believe in. Um, but that company is paying to be part of the video. Yeah. And so if we put a sponsorship in almost every single one of our video, that's, you know, really where we're making the money. The actual AdSense from YouTube is super variable and usually, you know, a couple hundred to maybe max, you know, a thousand-ish a month. Yeah. For us, anyways, you know, like our channel isn't so huge. And so that's not enough money to live on, especially when you're driving thousands of miles in a very short amount of time. Like, just think yeah. about the fuel bill. So we were coming to a point where our expenses and our income were not lining up. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to sell Olive as like a real fresh reboot and move into something else was like, okay, we kind of, financially we need to do this. Yeah. Um, for our lives, we need to do this. And so it just, it ended up being the right decision. So all that to say, that's how we ended up in the Home Depot parking lot when we crossed the border back to the United States. We knew that we were going to be selling the van, but we also knew that there was a couple of things that we needed to do on the van to make it ready to sell. But the major project and the reason why we were at Home Depot was to redo the roof rack because the deck that we put on two years prior had a lot of sun damage. We didn't let it, like, we didn't cure it properly. We didn't realize the wood was still wet from Home Depot when we got it. We thought it was already dried. So, something to know in the future. If you're ever going to put a cedar deck on, make sure that that cedar is completely dried before you put it up. 
and uh, and seal it. And Honestly, if I was going to do another roof rack, I would probably pick the Trex board. go back to Trex, yeah. So we were getting the Trex board from the Home Depot, getting it cut properly to the size that we needed, so that way we would have to make less cuts when we were, like, actually in the parking lot. Because all we'd have to do is drill holes in it. Yeah, we had nowhere to work, so we're planning on doing this whole project in the parking lot of the hardware store. And two guys came out, and they, like, it liked the look of the van and saw me doing a project, and, like kind of said hello and, and uh, you know, chatted with us for a while, and I come to find out that they do this thing called, like, ski slalom racing, and they invited us back to their place to actually not only do the work, but also to watch them do this. Yeah, it was really nice. Like, we had been talking so much about how people in Mexico and Central America had been so hospitable to us, and then as soon as we crossed the border back into the United States... We met these people who were incredibly kind, incredibly generous, and really just, like, opened their home to us. We did so much laundry. They invited us for dinners. We, like, hung out there for, I think, two or three nights. Speaking of, we should send them some photos of us and the family, because they knew you were pregnant. Yeah, like, I, I didn't even think about this for whatever reason. Honestly, like, because... this is somebody who's, like, helped us so deeply on our journey. Yeah, but it's funny, because you meet these people along the way, and then we probably haven't thought about them since then. You know, like, in the immediate since then, sure, we probably thought about them and told people about them or whatever, but then a whole year goes by, and your whole life changes, and you kind of forget about these things. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation so that we can send them some pictures, and I'm sure they'd love to see the pictures of the baby. Yeah, because they only got to see Alex pregnant, you know? They didn't get to see, Very like, early pregnant, not even, like, sh- like yeah. no kind of showing pregnant. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe a tiny no. bit. No, not really, yeah, because it was literally the first trimester. Yeah. Yeah, so with all that being said, we were so thankful for them uh, bringing us into their home, going to watch the air show together with them. Yeah, it was um, cool. And just all the different things. You know, the people along this journey is what make this journey so worth it and so amazing. You know, like, I would have never even knew that place existed in this world if it wasn't for them bringing us there. Mm-hmm. So then we decided that because we're going to sell the van, we want to go to a van show um, and we found one called Tiny Fest that was happening in San Diego. We got on the list of people who were able to show their vans off. And so we figure we'll put a for sale sign on the van and show it off at Van Fest San Diego. And so this is, I think, probably the only van life. No, I take that back. It wasn't the only meetup that we did the whole year. It was the only meetup like this, where it's very organized. You have, like, all the vans kind of lined up, and people are there. It's kind of like an RV show. Like What other meetup did we do that year? Well, you'll find out in the summer. Oh, okay, okay. Uh. I'll continue on. I, d- I remember. I went blank on my own. So this particular meetup, they have all of the vans who are, like, showing with their doors open and people kind of walk through. It's people who maybe don't own vans or thinking about van life or wondering, van curious people, I guess. And so we thought this would be the perfect place to show off Olive and maybe find a buyer. But it turns out that San Diego was a lot trickier of a van selling marketplace than I think we realized. We kind of figured there's so much van life in San Diego and California that it'll be easy to sell a van. But I think because there's so much van life there, there's so many vans there and so many van builders that it was, we didn't get a single person who was interested in buying the van or a single like 
we had like listings on Facebook and Van Life Trader and other marketplaces, and not a single person responded to us when we had the van listed for sale in San Diego. Yeah, and so we decided that it was time for us to leave the area. Before we left the area, though, we met Joe and Emily. They came to that that festival, and they actually invited us back to their place, where we actually shot a video of the rig and how it's set up and with the for sale mm -hmm. sign on it. We got an opportunity to really, like, figure out what we want to do, how we want to sell this rig, and how to get, like, the buzz out there. And those videos really helped us for when we were in Utah next. We wound up going out to Utah and going to see Stoke Loaf where they allowed us to kind of get all of our belongings like out of the rig and try to like set up a base camp so we could sell this rig kind of in that area. We figured if we had like a week and it you know got enough interest then we could sell it there and then figure out the next steps. But we put it up in like the Salt Lake area and we started getting tons of interest and we almost sold it to another couple and they didn't have they couldn't figure out the funds for it so ultimately we had to take our deposit back and it was a whole thing we had to sell them like the amount of money back like every time because we for whatever it reason, was weird they sent us like a big deposit and then i wasn't able to just send them the deposit back in one transaction i had to send it back in like 10 different transactions it was super annoying but whatever it doesn't really matter um so anyways this guy reaches out to us and he's in las vegas and he says, I watched your van tour. I've seen your van listing. I think your price is fair. If the van is what it looks like, like if when you come to Vegas and you show me this van, if it is what you say that it is, I'm ready to pay you cash. I'm not going to negotiate on the price. You know, if you come to Vegas and the van is what you say the van is, I'm buying the van. Yeah. And so sure enough, about five-hour drive, all the way over there, he looks at the rig and decides, this is exactly what he said it is, so I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Which and literally, it was so wild. Like, we get there, and within, like, half an hour, we're sitting at the kitchen table figuring out how he's going to transfer all this money to us. Yeah, which is crazy. But just, like, in that alone, like, we didn't expect for it to sell like that that fast. Yeah. Like, you just come over to somebody's house, and they're like, yep, I'll take it. Like, I don't know, it just doesn't he, feel... I don't know, he was just so easy breezy and yeah. like, whatever, we'll sign the title, whatever, we'll head to the DMV tomorrow, who cares, whatever. Well, and then after we sell it to him, we have one, you know, hard part for us, which we'll tell you about in just a second, but he tells us that he's actually going to rent the rig out. And so now he's actually renting our old rig out out of Salt Lake. And, I'm sorry, not Salt Lake, out of... Uh, Vegas. Vegas. And so if you wanted to rent the rig, you could. You could go on, um, is it, was it, what's the site again that you can find Outdoorsy? Outdoorsy is where you can find it. And you can, And he actually has in the listing, like, FNA Van Life's van. Yeah, so if he, <laughs> he has changed, like, a few things to make it a little bit user-friendly in the sense of, like, somebody who's, like, a, um, weekender or yeah, for short like, trips. if you're not living in it full-time, there's if you're taller, certain things you need. If you're taller than what we were. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, he made the fixes. To make it where it was more friendly for all different size people, where we made it to where it was size for us. Yeah, and he's a tall guy too, yeah. so even, he said that he's got two vans actually, and he prefers sleeping in Olive and traveling in Olive than he does with the one that he had professionally built. So much so that he's most likely going to ship it to Hawaii and start renting it out there. So if you don't ever see yourself in Hawaii to like rent a van, you better go rent it soon 
Because if not, you're not going to get the chance to actually stay in Olive. <laughs> so I think that's a pretty cool thing, you know, to be able to stay in that rig. Like a rig that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've you seen the travels in. You saw how it was set up. You could tell that we lived out of it really well. So I think this is a great opportunity to see how you can live in a space that's more open than most vans. And... Speaking of kindness of strangers, the guy who bought our van let us live in the van for another, like, two or three nights. He actually offered to let us live in it for, like... Another five months. Yeah, if we needed to. Yeah, which, honestly, in hindsight, might have been the better decision. No, no, not might have. It would have definitely been the better ah. decision because we could have drove it all the way to Canada, dropped off all of our belongings, and then drove it back to him and flew back. Yeah. But I will say... Sunny the Sun Raider has made it to where we need to make it to. But then the other thing that worried me, the main reason why we didn't take him up on that offer was because once the vehicle switches the title into his name, we've got the money in the bank. You know, my major worry was like, what if we get into an accident? What if something terrible happened? I mean, it would have been his title and his name. Like, it would have just been on his insurance. I know, but like, we're driving the car... He, we've got the money, we've got the van, that's, he's got the title. That's the risk he was willing to take, though. I know, it just, Which like, is kind of crazy. I wasn't willing to take that risk. Yeah. It just felt, like, not that we've ever, you know, we drove all through Mexico and Central America and didn't get a single scratch on the vehicle, but, like... I'll just say Devan is the man. Like, uh, he is. He's a great dude for, like, even offering that to us, for that sure. opportunity to us, and buying the van and, and, you know, still staying in touch today, like... He's stoked about the van still. He hits me up if he ever has any issues with it in or any questions. type of way. Questions. And it's not normally issues where something's not working. It's more of like a, he needs advice for somebody else that's using it. Yeah. So anyways, we decided to not take him up on an offer to stay in the van for a longer period of time. And at this point, we're thinking, okay, how are we going to get all of our stuff from Salt Lake City to Canada? And, you know, we're looking at... U-Hauls, which would have been very expensive, you know, the miles, the size of it, the gas. Then you also have to stay in hotel rooms. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, we're just going to burn, you know, multiple thousands of dollars doing that. Or do we, like, put everything we own in pods and then ship it, but the pods wouldn't ship internationally? Still a few and thousand bucks. A few thousand bucks. You never get a return on that. So we're thinking, okay, what if we get a... You know, older RV for, yeah. you know, still a couple thousand dollars, but, like, way less than Sunny. Or, I mean, way less than Olive. Yeah. And that vehicle can be our transport U-Haul. Yeah. And that's more like a turn it and flip it type of thing. And so we our intention of this rig was always to turn and flip it, you know, but... You know, obviously it didn't flip as fast as we thought it would just well, because of everything that happened. It's not even right. So basically, we spend a couple nights in Las Vegas. We go see five different rigs. We pick the one that we want, which turned out to be this 1985 Toyota Sunraider. And the first things that we do, we go get an oil change. We get new tires put on it because we're about to make a cross-country trip. We decide we're going to get the vehicle titled in Florida because that's where our home state is. And so we're going to be driving from Salt Lake City to Florida and then from Florida to Canada. So we jump in the car 
we load up everything that we had in Olive into Sunny and immediately was like, wow, Olive had so much more storage. We, yeah, we could not fit, like, 70% of the stuff that we had in Olive in this rig. Yeah, like, we had every cupboard fully packed, fully stacked, and still the whole floor was just full of stuff. It just was... This van, this RV is not set up for full-time living. It's like a... It's um amazing for shorter trips or one season trips. Yeah. I would say like if you know if you have a home base and you're gonna go back and forth from the home base to like go drop off stuff and throw new things in. Right, like get rid of all that. your winter stuff, pick up all your summer yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to have everything you own in this vehicle I think would be really difficult. But anyway it, it does have more storage now than it did previously. Well yes, we've also renovated and kind of fixed some of these yeah. issues. But we hit the road and not within a hundred. I would say about five hundred miles. Five hundred miles. Yeah, because we from where we drove it to Salt Lake, and then from there, like we drove it around a little, and then from there we drove it. But you must have checked the oil in Salt Lake before we left. You know, I don't know, because we literally had it done by Valvoline, and I think they checked it, and so I, I wouldn't have checked it unless I, you know, felt something was wrong, and right. nothing felt wrong. It was driving great. So we start driving, and if you don't know anything about the topography, as your Salt Lake is very mountainous, and then as you're transferring into Wyoming, you have to go through a pretty big mountain pass. Let's just say we're hammering up mountain passes, and then back down them, and then back up them, and then back down them, and we were at like literally the last mountain pass. Yeah. So if we had got to the top of this hill, we would have kind of been coasting, cresting. For the rest of the way to Florida. Downhill yeah. to Florida from there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but we did not make it to the top of that hill. We start hearing this awful, like, you know, what do they call it? A knock. But then the engine shut down. And when the engine shut down, I knew there was an issue. Um, and then Alex is like, just can, can, can you turn it back on? And I'm like, I don't know if I should. And then I was like, all right, whatever. And I turned it back on. And right then and there, I knew that. Something was really wrong, and I popped the hood, and I checked the dipstick, and there was literally no oil on the stick. So, we've been debating ever since, you know, did Valvoline actually put oil in it? Did switching to synthetic from the, you know, regular oil, was that just too, you know, light I wonder for if the we could van? find the date of that, and like, check with that Valvoline, because they probably have video footage of that day. I yeah. wonder if they didn't actually put oil in it and drove and we drove away with no oil and went 500 miles before it showed any symptoms of no oil. Yeah, I don't know. We'll never know for sure, yeah. but... Because there is, like, oil within, you know, the system still when you're swapping it out. It's right. not, it doesn't drain it completely. Right. So, I don't know. I but, wonder if that was the issue. Yeah, so anyways, we ended up with a blown motor in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, and at this point, it's probably the beginning of, or middle of March. Yeah. And we're like, damn, we're F-U-C-K-E-D. Yeah. Like, and, what are we going to do? And so all of our belongings stayed in Sunny, and we decided that we were going to keep Sunny and continue to try to make it work, because... Then it's like $9,000 just like right out the window. Just like right. That. So like actually we it was so it ridiculous. Away. The guys who ended up giving us a tow, very nice, very cordial, whatever. Yeah. But they were like, oh, this motor's dead. Like you might as well just leave it here. Like 
Well, I this think- en- this van's done. Like, just throw it in the garbage. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, we literally just bought this." The funny part is their mechanics. So my thought process on it is like, these guys are literally just gonna like pull. We're gonna sign the title over to them. They're gonna pull the engine out, and they're gonna drop a new engine in, and then they're gonna sell it. You for know, double the cost of the engine and say at least you know at least double they, they the made a couple grand yeah. on a free vehicle like, I mean think about how many people probably get stuck in those passes like that right and they say the same thing and they do that yeah you know I'm not saying that they that's this is their intention but maybe this is something that they do and they're like hey if you don't want to deal with getting this vehicle out of here we'll take, we'll take of it, it off your hands yeah. and I mean on, on their end like. That's a great business proposition. I mean, that's you why know? they own the whole town. Yeah, and so, you know, for us, I was like, well, I think I could drop a motor in. You know, I think I could do it. And I've had, I've shown that I have mechanical skills to do a lot yeah. of different things. And so, you know what? We said, we called up Chase and Maria Jose. We called up a lot of people. Let's just, that day yeah, we sucked. Did. We, we literally were on people. the phone with like 20 different people, different mechanics, different places, places in Salt Lake, places here, places yeah. there. Like, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? What are we going to do with and all of our stuff? How are we going to get out of here? When are we going to... It well, was I just so ridiculous. Well, I think one so of the huge things was we were calling up places that would actually replace the motor. And when we were getting quotes from them, they were like 10 to 15 grand yeah. to do this motor. And so I was like, there's no way I want to spend that much money on a motor at this point. Like, that's already dipping into a decent amount of the funds that, you know, we would have made from Olive. So for us, it was just like... A no-brainer was like, we have to do it ourselves. Yeah, and And we knew a guy from when we sold our first van, Lolo, who ships vehicles across the country. Yeah. So we said, okay, let's call that guy. Frank called Maria, Jose, and Chase, Mm -hmm. and they graciously welcomed us to their home in Tennessee. And and the parents welcomed us there. They were so awesome and lovely and basically gave us a room to live in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we first flew to Florida. We spent like a week and a half in Florida before the uh, the rig and the engine. Well, the rig got there first. The rig got to Tennessee first, and, and then we got to Tennessee a day after the rig. Yeah, so we didn't want to like, we didn't want them to feel as if we weren't like gonna get there and just like, like we were gonna. I didn't want them to feel like we were gonna wait like a month and just leave it at their house. Right. So we wanted to get there like right away. And start working. We we also had this whole renovation to do. So not only the engine, we needed to fix up, you know, the back living area as well. So, like, you know what? If we get there a week before the engine gets there, we could rip out a bunch of stuff and we could start the renovation process, uh, which then turned into another disaster in itself. Uh, uh-huh. Just the, the windows, when I pulled out the windows and they were warped and we couldn't get them yeah. back in. We're trying everything, every trick in the book. And then all of a sudden, pop. The window breaks. Snap the window. We've had a couple of really shitty, stressful days this year. Yeah. Like, thinking, like we've had so many beautiful, great days. Yeah. But this, like, 2023 was a really transitional year, It was a I rough think, year for us. Because we went from, you know, living... The l- absolute freedom. So awesome. On beaches. Full surfing. on the dream. It was the dream. The dream, right? Literally, like, that's what we dreamt of. And we were having so much fun. And yeah, there was hard days and we got stuck or whatever. But like, we were doing what we wanted when we wanted. You know, there was no hard manual labor involved. Like, you know, yeah, money was a little bit tight. But we were, you know, we were fine. Um, But then like, you know, 2024, we're pregnant. So a little bit stressed out of that. What is this going to... 
23 we're pregnant. Oh, now it's 2024. Yeah, yeah. So 2022 was great. Yeah, 2022 was <laughs> incredible. 2023 started off really amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, flying out, finding out we were pregnant, driving back north, like, all the things. Oh, but then we haven't even mentioned, like, my first trimester, I was pretty much nauseous and, like, ready to puke oh, all yeah. the time. I so, didn't actually throw up, but I was very, very nauseous. So the whole trip back home, every morning, I would be driving as well as feeding Alex. Like, crackers, crackers. and water, and, and I'm she, just like, and oh, she's like, my oh, God. Like, like, just sitting there, like, in the chair. Like, you know when your head's, like, rolling on the chair because you just feel like shit? <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, but midday you were good. Yeah, like from midday on you. Were good. And, but then the, the heartburn morning. would kick in in the evening. Yeah. Anyways, you know my body's doing all these things. The hormones are all over the place. Then we end up in the situation where we have, you know, we sell Sunny, which was such a, or sorry, we sell Olive, which was such a high. Yeah. And then we buy Sunny, which was also a really big high. And then the engine dies, and we're like, my, fudge. My brother did say to me like. Man, I think you made a bad decision. And, like, just in the sense of, like, stress and all the stuff that it's going to put me through. Right. Um, and we already had, like, we could have probably bought a brand new van, right? Like, or, like, a van with a few thousand miles on it. Use that as a U-Haul. And then built that out. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like I... And I'm, then resold that. I feel like a lot of the decisions I made when I was pregnant were, like... A lot about comfortability I because th I was feeling not great. Yeah. And so the idea... You wanted a bed. I you want wanted a bathroom. Yeah. You wanted things already, like, set. Uh, really, what I should have probably did was just say, hey, I'm flying you home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you in Canada. Like, I'll meet you in Canada, babe. I'll, I'll take care of the rest. I'll U-Haul. I'll take care of the rest. I know, but we do everything together. I know we do, I know. But, know. like, retrospect, looking back at it now, right. would it have been a smarter idea for me to say we that? We would have saved so much money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And stress and yeah. anxiety. Yeah. And but then we wouldn't have got to spend all that time with Maria, Jose, and Chase, I which I think very much, like, solidified our friendship. Oh, for sure, definitely. You know? And it helped that, for then sure. Then we got to come and spend some more time in Florida with your family, which is always beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And we got to go to our first ultrasound in Florida with I'm your sister. I'm not saying that it was the worst decision ever. But, I mean, um, everything worked out fine. But... It worked out for a reason, but we definitely put ourselves through a lot more stress being the fact that we decided to pick up Sunny, you know? Right. And knowing that it was an older rig, you know, now I would say, like... Even if we had bought, like, a bus, because that's kind of what we're, you know... Yeah. If we had just bought an empty shell of a bus... We would probably be pretty close to being finished with the build right. at this point. Where and now like, we're just at the point where, like, we have... We, we still have to sell this, and then we still have to purchase a bus, and then we still... Like, we thought Sunny was going to be quick. Yeah. We thought Sonny was going to be... We thought Sonny was going to be a flip with a little bit of money made. Right. Like, we're like, we're going to get to Canada. It's going to be easy breezy. We're going to slap a paint a coat on it. Now we're Put thinking... a little F&A schmazzle dazzle on it. And, yeah. you know, maybe make it like a grand. Yeah. You know? Now we're thinking, uh, can we even just make our money back? Can we break but, even? Uh, you know, let's go and, back to you know, we we're, were like eight months in. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to where okay, we were. Okay, so... Where we fly to Florida, then we go, we visit T.O., we hang out with them and their family, and it's wonderful, we have a great time. You Obviously, learn how to do the engine I stuff. I learned how to drop an engine in, which was super cool, and I've always wanted to do that. And 
actually what Chase's dad was saying is like normally the first engine like doesn't go so well. And like you might have to swap it out for a new engine just again. Just cuz you don't know what you're doing. Well, no, because sometimes you just get like a lemon of an engine. Oh. And so he's like, you know, whatever. I'm like, "All right, cool. We throw it all together." I label everything when I'm, you know, doing everything. So when I put everything back, it's nice and easy. And we fire that bad boy up and it runs. And not only does it run, but it runs well. And so, yeah, we kept, we kept tinkering a little bit to make it run as good as we could. And, and sure enough, it got us from Tennessee to Florida, from Florida to New York, and then New York back to Canada. Mm-hmm. Right. And over that time, what was that? Probably like, um, I don't know how long. Maybe uh, two months. Because I think we were at T.O.'s in like April. Yeah. And then Florida May. in May. Yeah, we got back to your house, I think. And then we May, got back right? to Canada in June. In June, okay. Yeah. So, you know, between the couple weeks at T.O.'s and then a couple weeks in Florida and then a week to make the drive up to Canada... We crossed the border into Canada at the beginning of June, and so then we started working on the van build in Canada. Uh, we started seeing our doctors in Canada for the baby. We really started, like, nesting and settling in and figuring out, you know, like, at this point I'm pretty pregnant, too, so I'm, like, you know, six months pregnant, seven months pregnant. We're going into summer. We have a baby shower, which was mm. really beautiful, and then Frank actually left for the entire month of July. Yeah, I which... wanted to jump into New York to help my brother out with his air conditioning business. And, you know, once again, I made, you know, I made a little bit of money and everything. But hindsight 2020, it would have probably been good if I was there working on Sunny. Yeah, because then you get back. It's August. I'm nine months pregnant. And we're about to have a baby. There's a lot going on. We have to go to the doctor every week. We, yeah. you know, we're trying to like we're nesting a bit. We're trying like, to spend a lot of time together and, and not so much working. And I didn't really have a lot of stamina for working. Mm-hmm. So you know, we would work for a couple of hours or whatever. It's hot. I'm pregnant. You know, like whatever. And we then, do like an hour to an hour and a half worth of work. And this is not like Alex, but obviously she's pregnant, and she'd be like. I can't do it anymore. I'm so hot. Like, can we please go home? And I'm like, sure. Once again, we do everything together. So it's like, okay, you're going home. I'm going home with you. Yeah, I think Frank also was like, you know, nesting I was. Too. I was. But so then, you know, we didn't really get a lot done on the van build because, you know, between him being on for all of July and then August being, like, a bit of a wash of, like, trying to spend these last moments together as just the two of us. I will say, before we go on, when I was in New York, right before I left, you were like, oh, I'm going to get a bunch done on the van build. And I was like, okay, like, you're eight months pregnant, like, calm down. And I got a little tiny bit, tiny, but, like, tiny, really tiny. not a lot. She, like, sanded some of the wood and then made, I think that's it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I looked back at the video, I giggled a little bit because I was like, oh, that's all you did? <laughs> I mean, but it was hard. All, it was hot. I was literally, like, getting dizzy. I would be bending. My back would be aching. I'm well, like... I say that's all you did, but I'm looking at you as, like, 
Alex is not pregnant. Right. You know what I mean? Like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, she'll get some shit done. But, but then also at the same time, I didn't expect a lot to get done. Right. Because I knew you were pregnant, so I was like, whatever. You know, and then when I came back and you were like, oh, look what I did. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you filled the holes. And then you sanded stuff. There you I go. I think that was it. Mm-hmm. But, like, still, that's amazing that you did anything. You yeah, know? Like so I, didn't, I, didn't expect I wish that I'd done more. And then I wish that we had done more in August. Actually, my sister was laughing because... You know, Frank said something to her that was like, you know, once the baby comes, we'll have more time to spend on the van build. And my sister in her head was like, what? Are you stupid? There's no logic to that, Frankie. (laughs) And like, I mean, I guess I was in some type of haze because I don't even remember saying that. Yeah, I think that honestly, I think being pregnant really painted a lot of our decisions because if we weren't pregnant, I don't think that you would have gone to New York to work. Because no. I think that you had this idea in your head that was like, you know, we're about to have a baby. I need to be a provider. We need to make yeah. more money. Yeah. Like, we just lost a bunch of money You're trying to rebuild this engine. Like, blah, so blah, blah. So I'm trying to make that money up that we lost, basically. You know, and Which so... Which I kind of did. Yeah, kinda. but like, you know, we're just... We're worrying about a lot of different stuff. And I think the baby made us more worried. And then, you know, we're just yeah. not thinking in our logical minds we're thinking in our like emotional minds which you never really make that great of a decisions you know emotionally yeah Yeah, so we you know have the baby not till the end of september she was born september 22nd Mm -hmm. so we really took a real long break between august and september we were working really hard on Making the video content better, though, at that time. Yeah, we were. So, So, like, we were taking a course at the same time Mm -hmm. while, you know, still trying to get out the content and make quality content. I feel like we were really pushing, like, you know, what is this video going to be about? What's the title and thumbnail we were thinking about before we were putting out the video? Yeah. And so we were really trying to create a lot better content for YouTube in general. Yeah, we were doing our best to make the videos better, and, uh, you know, hopefully you guys have seen an improvement in that. If you're only a podcast listener and you've never watched the YouTube channel, we definitely invite you to come and check it out. Yeah, you should try it. I mean, I think what will be interesting is if you've never seen us in any pictures, in any type of way, to then go watch us on video, because then you could like, really put a face to the voice. Yeah. And the other thing, too, like, as we're talking about this, you can literally go back and watch all of these videos mm. for the whole year and see, like... The disasters <laughs> and how we handle them and also the really great parts and how we handle yeah. those, too. And then you'll have some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of, you know... Because also, while we're making these videos, we didn't tell anybody we were pregnant until, no. like, June or July. So we're making the videos... As, you know, a pregnant couple, but we haven't announced it publicly. So, I think a lot of our viewers were a little bit confused. They're like... They were. They're like, why did you you sell that beautiful van to buy this 1985 vintage... Like, what are you doing? I would say this. If we weren't pregnant and having a baby... We would not have sold Olive. No. There would have been no reason for us to sell Olive. No. At all. No. Like, we were making enough to get by, 
We were And once we got back to the States, the brand deals and those kind of yep. things would have picked up again and like whatever and we would have been totally fine. Yeah, so it's just like the idea The reason that they dried up in Central America is because we don't have a mailing address to send anything yeah, to. Yeah, we couldn't get anything to You know, yet. the really nice thing about being in the United States is that everybody will ship anything to the United States. Once mm -hmm. you go to Mexico, they're like, post office? Yeah. Mm, or like the company Canada the companies just don't ship there yeah even Canada we have to have a P.O. box in the United States to get like they're like oh sorry we can't send it to Canada but we'll send it to your P.O. box or like okay yeah so like being in the United States we're like really really lucky to be able to get anything and everything that you want and or need at any time yeah it's much less com like we I literally ordered deodorant this afternoon and it showed up at the door three hours later yeah which is just how ridiculous. does that even happen like they can't even promise you two-day shipping in Canada I feel like <laughs> here they're like yeah we'll have it to you in 20 minutes what? they're like but <laughs> they're, like, they're like heads up and they just throw it at you <laughs> there's just people standing across the street that are right. like from ready all the time they just have every product ready to throw at you <laughs> oh man so anyways yeah so if you do go back and watch the videos you'll have this hindsight you'll be like she was pregnant that whole time yeah but so i think that really colored a lot of our decisions for 2023 you know which i think you know obviously it's going to yeah. we are making this major life transition from just being a couple to being you know a family with a child yeah so so then September hits and we're like expecting the baby to be here any day. Yeah, we were due on September 16th. She ended up coming on the 22nd. And that was a whole experience in itself. Like that video, the pregnancy video. Or the I feel birth like video. The birth video is not only one of the best videos we've ever made, but also just like the rawness, the realness, the experience of the actual birth, like the not hiding behind anything in any yeah. type of way like just being really raw and authentically us like we are that generally in all of our videos but this like was we're a never really active, emotional but, video but to have that emotional roller coaster that you don't really see us go through emotional trauma uh too often in our mm. videos and i feel like this was the first time where you really get to like see us in our deepest emotional traumas mm -hmm. you know yeah this the whole birth really sucked for me, honestly. We had a plan to have, like, an all-natural delivery, and yeah. that's what I'd wanted for, you know, as long as Forever. I could remember. That's how I wanted to have, you know, a baby, and I was really looking forward to the birth process and all of these things, and then, you know... The water breaks, which was a really cool experience, like, felt really awesome. It was like a surge of euphoria and I was yeah. like wow this is gonna be amazing and that's kind of what I was experiencing you know she's expecting like when happy the baby crying, comes and it was like the family was around it was really exciting and beautiful and everyone's laughing and loving and it was lovely and then I look and you know the waters are just full of merconium and then yeah. from there it just kind of tailspinned and yeah. um so then we end up in the hospital I didn't want to be in the hospital and then you know, the baby's heart rate is suffering, and, you know, we don't want that, obviously. Yeah, and um, she's on all these monitors and all these things. And I didn't and... want monitoring, and now they're telling me, well, your baby's heart rate is dangerous, and, you know, if you're not dilating and da-da-da and all these things, and everything's just, like, completely out of my control. I can't do anything about it, you know, and the, the OBGYN just keeps coming in and being like, we have to move for a C-section, like, we have to move for a C-section. All these things are going wrong, yeah. you know, like... 
if we don't move for a c-section now it's going to be an emergency c-section in a couple of hours and you do not want that like uh, you know and so it was just it, it really difficult. didn't go the way that let's just say watch the video and you'll really get to understand it because to be try to speak about it now takes away from a lot of the emotion that was actually happening i could see like you're tearing up and like you know all that but it's just not the same as like actually experiencing it with us in that video yeah you know so after she was born obviously she's healthy we're yeah. so grateful Both of you are. um yeah i was in a pretty dark place for the next couple weeks if not the next month yeah so yeah, the next month was pretty rough which we kind of expected or at least like, i expected going that route because all the talks that you have with the midwife and with the doula and with the, you know, the OBGYNs, like that, or the people in the in the hospital, they talk quite a bit about like postpartum, postpartum depression, depression and, and how natural it is to have that. And like, there's a, like a very um, calculable, like, okay, after this many days after giving birth, your hormones are going to crash because you don't have a baby inside you anymore. So, like, there's things that you know that are going to happen, um, and you can kind of expect those, but then when your delivery doesn't go the way that you wanted, and then you don't feel like you're bonding with the baby the way that you wanted, and you're not, you know, that, like, surge of the love hormones and all yeah. these things, like, you didn't get any of that. And then, you know... What I find incredible is how, like, you know, women rebound from this, you know, because, like... Alex went from like, uh, she. I'll say it because this is how she felt in the moment. She felt like a failure, even though she was not a failure at all in any type of way. And um, you know, watching her go through those steps of feeling that way, and I could see that it's hitting her right now. Um, you know, just that that aspect of going through all those feelings and all that emotion. Like, I felt so hard for Alex and what she was going through. And I, all I could do was just be there for her and love her and care mm -hmm. for her and tell her, you know, all the things that she's not, you know? Like, because you're not, baby. You did amazing. Yeah. You know that, right? Like, I hope you know that today, that you did amazing. I know that you still, it's still hard for you. Yeah, I'm just still disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I love you, baby. This is, like, the most happy moment and also the hardest moment in our lives, I feel like. You know, for you especially. Yeah, it's just still really, like, raw. Like, yeah. she just turned four months. And I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> I can't believe it's been four months. Yeah. But then also, four months is not a long amount of no, time. No, it's not. You know, like, four months is... Is nothing, you know. It's, it's like little, the blink like, of an eye. Like, it's like a dot in a... It's like a, a period in a storybook. You know what I mean? It's like one quarter. First, we have to report first, earnings. It's, yeah, it's the first period in like a 400-page novel. Right. Like, you know? The, how many more periods come? It's just crazy that. to think that it's only been four months since she's born. You know, my C-section scar still hurts sometimes. It's still raw sometimes. My body's definitely not recovered all the way. There's still some hormone adjustments <laughs> that are happening, I'm sure. You know, it's just... Things are different. And then now we have this baby, right? And, like, 
that has completely changed everything. Oh yeah, they don't give you the, like a a book or a guide on how the to do things. The fact that they just know? let you can't, leave like, the hospital a with a baby, <laughs> you know, they're not mechanical. I can't like turn a wrench on it to make it feel <laughs> we better. We have no experience. Are you really <laughs> going to allow us to take this baby home? Like, they said, yeah, we are. <laughs> they're like, we're not keeping it. Yeah, so. you have to have it now at this point. <laughs> you know, so. But I will say that there is a. A real gift in being a parent. Mm -hmm. Like, it is beautiful. It's amazing watching your kid grow. And whether it's, you know, minute by minute or day by day, like, now she started doing this little thing where she wants to, like, try to grab everything. And she's, like, scratching at things because she's, like, really interested in the different textures of mm -hmm. everything, I feel like. And she's starting to almost giggle. She's, yeah. like, working up to a giggle. She giggled twice the other day for the first time, and it was the cutest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And she like, these are the moments that make all that trauma that you go through so worth it. Yeah. And, and actually, what makes people do it again and again. Right. You know, and that's the cra <laughs> that's crazy in its own sense, but that's what... <laughs> That's why people do it again and again, because they want to see this little individual, you know, grow up. At some point in time, you were that, you know? Yeah. So, like, I think we should always be grateful for that gift of life. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, you know, so many people struggle to get pregnant, and it was so easy for us to get pregnant. So many people have horrible pregnancies like yeah i had some nausea and some heartburn and yeah, you, you know but like woman. generally very healthy very yeah. active very happy you know, even You're like post, very happy. some people have a really hard time with breastfeeding you know I, that's been a really beautiful easy seamless thing for me uh -huh. and um, the baby and so i'm so glad for that you know we have friends that just had a baby and they're struggling with that and i can't imagine you know it's just like pick your battles right like yeah, I didn't get the delivery that I wanted, but that's just, like, one moment, and then the recovery of that, like, you know, a month later, still very tender, but, like, I can walk, I can move, I can pick the baby up, you yeah. know? So, let's move in, you know, now we're... <laughs> well, basically, all of October was a wash, because yeah. we have a newborn infant, I'm recovering from the C-section, I'm feeling incredibly so depressed. So, actually, October, the end of October, our friends come into town, yes. Crux and Beta, the baby's two weeks old, they come in and actually help us out on the rig, they did the front of Sunny on the inside to get it all boxed in and looking really beautiful on and the And actually, inside. that was a really nice... It was so nice that they came because yes. I feel like I'd been stewing in, you know, all of the emotions and the feelings of it. And then you're also just wrapped up in, like, how do we change the diapers and how do we do this? And we're waking up every couple of hours and, like, you know, everything feels, like, really intense and really, like, go, go, go. And then also the baby, you know, I don't know. It was just, like, a lot. We needed and then, something to break that up. Yeah, and so your mom came to visit. Crux and Beta came to visit. The same time, too. Yeah, and so it was nice to, like, have your mom there while they were there so that, not that we needed a break, but it was nice for your mom to be watching the baby while we, we could, like, do them. stuff yeah. on the van and, like, be more, like, our regular selves, yeah. you know? And, like, well, kind I of get back to that feeling of, like, not not being parents but like just being ourselves i think also that so the thing that was nice was we had friends come in that don't have kids mm -hmm. that uh remind us of ourselves before we had a kid right right and so and the fact that we were still able to like 
hang out with them and enjoy our time with them, I think kind of brought us back to feeling like our normal selves. Yeah, again. or like thinking, okay, this is going to be okay. Like, yeah. we're going to figure this out. Yeah. And, they were, you know, Jess was wonderful with the baby. Sean doesn't want to touch the baby until <laughs> the baby's about four years old, which I told I get it. You know, I'm not... I'm He's not like, mad. we can play kickball together. I, I like to joke <laughs> at him about it, you know, so I always give him a little bit of a rough time, but, you know, he jokes back, so... He's not a kid person. No, and, and why would he be, right? Yeah. So... Um, you know, fast forward. But uh, that was so nice that they came to visit regardless. You know what I mean? Like, even though they're not necessarily kid people, they still well, wanted to come and Jess celebrate. Jess kids. Yeah. She was great with everything. Yeah. She was holding her and stuff. They just wanted to come and celebrate with us, yeah. and we so appreciate that. And we it definitely, do. it helped brighten my mood, especially, and probably gave Frank a little bit of break from my mood. For sure. For sure. It definitely <laughs> did. It helped a lot. And I'll even say that, like, you know, it really showed um, that we met beautiful friends on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they really, truly are our friends. Because, like, they didn't have passports before this. Yeah, they got like, they passports. they got passports to come out and visit us, which is, like, I'm tearing up a little bit right now. Like, just yeah. the thought of that alone Well, and now how great amazing. they're going to go back to Canada, Yeah, you know, with some other friends later this year. So yep. I'm so excited that we've kind of, like, opened that door for yeah, them. Yeah, they're talking about doing a West Coast trip this summer, which actually, when we were at Schoolie, uh, they loosely invited us on it. Oh, that would um, be so nice. You know, but they said, we'll do be, be doing a lot of climbing, so, like... Uh, get ready you know, to climb! No, or, like, if you guys don't want to climb, you could always ditch us, you know, like... Yeah. And, because I, I was telling them how we were thinking about doing an East Coast trip. But, uh, you know, maybe we changed the plans to do a West Coast trip with our Well, buddies. you know what? We gotta have a rig first. We don't have vehicle. Do that in, yeah. unless we're taking Sunny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm doing that, so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> so anyways, November comes, we're still trying to work on the van, but the weather is turning. Yes. It's starting to have a turning lot fast. more rainy days. We're trying to work outside. We don't have a covered space to do anything for the van build. But so, Crux and Beta coming really re-energized us for the project, because yeah. basically the whole month after Everly was born, we did not do anything on the van because we were just being new parents, right? Yep. So then they come, they help us with the front of the van. We're like, okay, we're re-energized. We're ready to refocus. We, we want to get this build done. They also resealed the two side windows, the small ones that were up in that space as well. So we were like, ooh, maybe we should reseal all the windows. Which then opened up a new can of worms. Yes. Uh, we had a leaky back window previous to resealing the back window. Right. Because it started raining so heavily. So we were like, oh, now we definitely have to yeah. resell that I one. I guess that was the good thing of the November rain, was that yeah. it did show us some flaws in the vehicle that we can then fix so that whoever does end up you know, owning this yeah. isn't going to have a surprise leakies. Correct. So, so we, we got all the windows resealed, back window resealed, mm-hmm. But the back window, when we did it, was, like, hovering around the temperature where it's, like, not so great to reseal in. Yeah, so and the other thing is that it started getting really cold. And yeah. when it's cold, you're not supposed to use caulking. You're not supposed to use, you know, butyl tape. You're not supposed to do painting. Like, yeah. if it's too cold outside or inside the van, like, none of these materials are going to work the way that they're supposed to work. So for whatever reason... The back window, we sealed it, and it was fine. 
But the window itself, the seal for the window itself started leaking. Like the glass to the, like... The glass that's fitting in the frame is now leaking. Not the, like the frame's not leaking now because we fixed that, but somehow in fixing that we the broke... The inner part. The inner part, yeah. Yeah, the seal for the inner part starts leaking. So, so we tried to fix that. We tried to order a window. It was the wrong size. We had to send it back. Then we couldn't get the size that we needed in Canada because of shipping and blah, blah, blah. So we had to get it shipped to the States, but then we couldn't get it before. It was a whole freaking rigmarole. But so anyways, November slips into December. Um, we're trying to do as much as we can, but we're hitting all these roadblocks. And honestly, it was It's just, getting too cold. It's getting too cold. Like, we're trying to work. Our hands are freezing. Frank also, you know, broke his thumbs trying to do this job. <sighs> I did a, I did a, like, the strip around the RV that like the that holds the top shell and the bottom shell together and as I was like replacing the part that was dry rotted the plastic dry rotted strip around it I was replacing that and for four and a half hours I'm kind of just like pushing this thing into place and it's like really fine motor skill details and all thumb all thumb and so I guess what it did was it Gave me tenosynovitis in both of my arms, and which is like your thumb uh, tendon going up to your elbow, which then in turn gave me basically tennis elbow in both of my arms, and I couldn't lift my arms. Yeah, it sucked. And that lingered for about a month and a half. A month of it was both arms, and then, you know... Was it that long? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it was about a month and a half. And so... You were kind of riddled with a bunch of random shit. Like, as soon injuries. as we got to Canada, you started hurting yourself. My finger. Well, first it was your knee, and then it was your finger, finger. and then it was your thumbs. Yeah. And then I, like... No, it was my finger, then my knees, then my thumbs. Whatever. But uh, we kept going back to the midwife, and she was like, he would show up in a different brace. Yeah. She'd be like, what's going on? And we would spend half my doctor's appointment talking about Frank's broken Not knees. Not half of it, like the first Oh my five God, minutes. I was like, get, I'm the pregnant one. Can we focus on me, please? But she would ask me, so obviously I would tell her. Right. So anyways, Frank had a number of ailments that was kind of stopping him from being able to work on the van. Well, and the other interesting part about it is it's not like I could just go to the doctor in Canada. I guess I could try, but I would have to pay out of my pocket. So. Yeah, well, then you did end up paying out of your pocket for because the arm, the thumb thing was really to. bad. Um, but so he went to an acupuncturist who told him that his spleen needed detoxing. Yeah, that was great. And that was a ridiculous. So we left her in the dust, and Alex got me a chiropractor that I went to who did an amazing job. And uh, actually figured out what it was and told me some stretches and things I need yeah. to do. The problem with tendinitis is it's an injury that you have to rest, which I couldn't rest it. Because we were it, still trying to build and work. And we and, had a baby that I had to lift up and, and put down and you change. still tried to play basketball. And well, I played basketball the first day that like I started to feel the flare-up. And I played that day, and then after that, I did not play. Right. So I didn't try to play basketball. Um, yes, you did because then you shaved both of your arms. No, that was the so first. That, you, that was the first day. Okay, that was the first. Day. I thought this was after you were after no, you no. had seen the lady. No, no, and you were like, oh, way. I think it's getting better. No, I um, I played the first day after I did that job, and that was a, the Sunday after, um, Sunday no Monday after I did that job. Right. So it was two days after, and I was starting to feel that feeling in my right arm. Right. And I was like, I'm 
like hurting in my right arm a little bit. I'm going to go play basketball. Mm -hmm. And then as I was playing, I was feeling like a pull. And so I shaved that arm earlier that day to tape my arm, like tendons, uh, to like help, you know, hopefully it made it where it wasn't as bad. Mm -hmm. And it seemed as if it worked a little bit, but then my left arm flared up too. Let's stop talking about your injuries because yeah, you don't they happened. Yes, they they existed. They stopped us from being able to work on the van very much. Yeah, and then you know we've got Frank's birthday at the end of December. We've Christmas. got Christmas. We've got family coming into town. We had a really nice Christmas actually. I got to play basketball on my birthday, which was nice. Yeah, we um, we said you know what we've been so stressed out with everything, and also now. We have decided that we're going to leave Canada on the 27th of December yeah. um, to drive to New York so that we can start heading south so that we can finish this fan build <laughs> in the weather. But what happens next? The freaking heater fan seizes. Yes. So, so we have no heater in the rig. The, so ridiculous. So we have a leaky back window. The heater is broken. And... We are trying to finish up a bunch of random little things, and we're literally working nonstop, like, all day on the van, and then coming home, trying to do laundry, trying to pack, trying to figure out what are we bringing, what are we not bringing, what are we bringing for the baby, what da 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 Yeah. Keeping the baby alive through all of this, yeah. also, because that's a big job. Like, just to tell you, like, the heater, a lot of people would have just replaced the whole heater, but the, a new heater is probably, like, $2,500. And I was able to just change the fan out for like 70 bucks. But he couldn't get the part in Canada, nope. so he had to ship the part to New York. So we've got a window waiting for us in upstate New York, a fan waiting for us in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn New York. So we get down, we pick up, you know, the stuff at the, the P.O. box, and then we go to New York. The very first thing he does when he gets to New York is switch out the fan motor. But yeah. what I was going to say was that we made the conscious decision to stop working, stop thinking about it, stop thinking about videos, stop thinking about all this, just enjoy Christmas, enjoy family. We actually had a really nice couple of days with, you know, all the people that we love or yeah. the ones that we love in Canada anyways, and tried to put all of the stressful stuff in the back of our minds. Yep. Oh, the other thing that happened during the year is that we purchased a coffee shop. Oh, yeah. So we weren't actually... You know, sight unseen, I guess. Probably around September. Yeah, well, at that point, we haven't, like, purchased it, but we were able to get in and work it. Well, and... October, we took over operations, yeah. and then December, we actually purchased yes. the coffee shop. Yeah. It's coffee shop, acai smoothies, delicious toast sandwiches, really healthy. It's all vegetarian, lots delicious of vegan coffee. options. All the coffees are double espresso shots, so... They're absolutely delicious, mm -hmm. and it is called Raining Berries, and it's in St. Pete, St. Yeah. Petersburg, Florida. And so that's where we are now, and that's where we were trying to get to when we left Canada. The, the year so, did end with us being in New York, in Brooklyn. We made it to Brooklyn safely, changed out the motor, and then the year ends when we're in Brooklyn, New York, with my family over there, and, uh, you know, fireworks popping off. Paco's panting, you know, and then... The baby wakes up at midnight, Paco's having midnight. a panic attack. Yeah, you know, granted, with all that being said, like, I think that with 
all the challenges we got hit with through the through that year. We had a lot of successes. Mm-hmm. We had a beautiful baby. Well, so back to the coffee shop, the other thing that happened just before New Year's is that, you know, because we, in the background of everything happening in the videos, because we didn't really talk about it in the videos because it wasn't for sure, for sure. But so we had been doing the legal stuff and the, you know, there's a lot that goes into acquiring a business, right? Yeah. So, and then it's also, we're purchasing it with Frankie's sister, her husband, yeah. his brother, his wife. Yes. So it's Frank's two siblings and their spouses. So it's like and three us. couples. Yeah. Um, so all the back and forth between all the siblings and the spouses and trying to figure out the coffee shop, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the day before Christmas Eve, we realized that the store is just like barely breaking even because we didn't have actually like a good sense of the numbers yeah before we purchased the store because of a lot of different things of the reason that it was available for us to purchase mm-hmm. um you know was because it was a failing business and so now yeah. we didn't really realize the extent of that but then christmas you know eveish we find out oh crap like we're really going to have to go to florida and help this coffee shop do better. I will say we did not make this decision while you were pregnant, though. The baby was already out. Well, I don't know, man, because they <laughs> kind of stopped talking to us about it. Yeah. And like, because we, I think the day that we like went into the hospital was the days that we were signing all of the final paperwork. Huh. Because they were like, maybe we, we couldn't like bring it up in the chat and stuff because we knew that you guys were going through all this other stuff with the baby and the delivery and mm. blah blah blah, and so it all kind of it all overlapped mm-hmm. really it did, it heavily. Did overlap. Um, but yeah, so then basically the end of the year we were like, okay, well we really need to refocus and you know get to Florida so that we can help this coffee shop do what it should do because it's delicious and it's amazing. It's a great location. Um, The store itself is beautiful. Mm. It's super Instagrammable. The staff is lovely. They're so sweet and nice. The food is amazing. The coffee is great. The smoothies are delicious. The acai bowls are like out of this world. And And it's on Central in St. Pete, like literally a block away from the Tampa Bay Rays uh, uh, Tropicana, Tropicana field. field, you know, so it's, it's a great spot. It just need we just need more people to know about it. Yeah. So that's what our job is, is, you know, to help with the marketing, the social media, the Instagram, the emails. But so, you know, moving into 2024, this coffee shop is going to become, you know, a big priority of ours because, it has the potential to be a success, but then it also has the potential to take a lot from us as well. Yes. So it's, you know, the Instagram and Sunny and the van build and the renovations and all of this stuff. Like, we could sit in Sunny indefinitely with mm. an unfinished build. You know, it's not costing us any money to live in this vehicle no. right now, which is the nice thing because... You know, with Olive, we did still have a monthly payment. Mm-hmm. So, in Sunny, we have no monthly payment. It's definitely lessened our bills, even though it felt like it made our bills worse. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've definitely invested a fair amount of money into this renovation. But, 
as we're sitting in here right now, it's very comfortable. It's super comfortable. It's super cute. You know, obviously we need to paint and like do like the finishing details and stuff, but like Sunny's in a really good place right now. Yeah, I would say the only thing about it for us is it's just not meant for three people and a dog. Well, right now Everly is so small that like it's fine. Yes. She's sleeping in a, a basin or a, what do you call it? A Moses basket. Yeah. And, on the couch. And, and her car seat does fit in here. Her car seat does fit in here. She did there's a seat belt for the car seat to get strapped yep. into. Um, it was actually very comfortable driving down yeah. from Canada to I Florida. I love driving it. It's a fun thing to drive. Don't be talking me back into it, okay? <laughs> Maybe we just keep Sunny forever. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. because I'll then... tell you what, though. This rig in like 10 years from now is going to be worth even more money. Because, Why? Because there's less and less of them on the road every day. Right. And most people, when the engine goes in it, they don't rebuild it. Right. So... So our engine only has a couple thousand miles on only it. Only a couple thousand miles. It has a three and a half year warranty on it. That is transferable to any new owner. So, like, there are a lot of perks to it. Yeah. And it's... I mean, I'm comfy in here. It is. It is really comfy. Yeah. I want to get a little more level, though, because the bed is on a slant. <laughs> That's just the parking situation. Yeah. But so now we're in a position where, you know, 2024 is going to definitely look different in terms of our focus on the coffee shop. We are still obviously focused on the, the podcast. podcast. We're going to try. We're doing our best, guys. Yes, please bear with us. You know, we when we were at Schoolie Palooza just last week, we recorded a couple of episodes with some friends out there. Oh, yeah, we recorded two episodes. Um, we have some friends who are going to come visit us here in Florida, so hopefully we can get some episodes with them. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest part about the podcast is just finding the time when Everly is... Sleeping like this right now? Yeah, so that she can be not making a loud noise over our talking because I feel like that's annoying for you guys listening to the show. If it's not annoying, please send us a DM and let us know because it really stresses me out. I'm like, I don't want to record episodes when she's fussing because I don't want you to not enjoy your listening experience. Um, but we're definitely trying to make better YouTube videos. We're definitely still going to be doing all of these things. It's just, you know, we have a lot on our plate right now. Yes, we do. Our plate has filled... To the brim. We have two plates. Actually, we probably have about four plates right now. Yeah, and so we're just doing our best to do it all while being parents and being present. I, I think say, that's also important to me, too. I will say having full plates that have a lot of food on it is definitely way better than having a plate with nothing on it. You know, as much as it would be nice to have the freedom and nothing on a plate to just do whatever you want, to add whatever you want to that plate. It's nice to know that we did add all these things to our plate. Yeah, and I always say, you know, like, I'm thankful to be busy with things that I want to be doing, mm -hmm. you know. And we still do have the freedom of this lifestyle, in a sense, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. Um, we're not tied to 9-to-5 jobs. We, nope. you know, are making our own schedule. Our schedule currently right now means that it's almost midnight and we're recording this podcast. Yeah. But, yeah. you know... That's what we've chosen. I will say things will take a lot more work because we added the raining, berry, raining berries onto our schedule and onto our stuff as owners. Um, but hopefully we can get it to a point where we can kind of 
back away into the bushes and go <laughs> travel. And Well, I think we'll still be able to travel. I think right now... We're learning we're, it. We're learning it. We're figuring it out. Everything is like... The first time that you're doing anything is always going to be the hardest Wild. time. The first time that we built a van was the hardest time yep. that we built a van, you know? So now we just need to decide, you know... What is the next move? Because if we sell this, are we going to already have another vehicle? You know, maybe, like you said, you just drive that bus up to Canada and Everly and I fly back. Yeah. Like, maybe that's the move. And then the mm. bus makes it to Canada with just you. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of... You and Paco. Yeah, me and Paco. It could I'll be a boy's get, trip. I'll keep Paco with me. Yeah, I yeah. think just the airplane travel with a baby and a and dog Paco, would be... yeah, good luck. Oh, my God. Especially Paco. He hates being in that Talk bag. about a headache. But, but yeah, I, mean, I think I think all we're trying to say is we're so thankful for this last year, even though it has had its struggles. It also has had amazing moments in it that we could be so thankful for. You know, I think 2024 will be a very positive year for us, um, you know, and especially just the fact that we're trying new things that are out of our scope of feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. And we always talk about, like, you have the most growth when you're in those spots where you're uncomfortable. And so I think that we're going to have so much growth this year, not only in life as partners and as, you know, a family, but I think also business-wise and um, creation-wise. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this opportunity now to do some fun things when it comes to marketing that we've never done before and get excited about creating ideas and making ideas. And we have a lot of ideas to come, um, even just for, like, the Rain and Berries TikTok and you know, the Facebook and the stuff along those lines that we are going to start a series of like, you know, how far, how far is the distance from, you know, uh, Tampa Bay, Tropicana Field to Raining Berries and it will be fun and funny and entertaining and I'm looking forward to that part. Yeah, I'm excited too. We definitely have a lot of really good ideas and... You know, my, obviously, the biggest, best thing that came out of 2023 for me was Everly. Yeah. And I'm going to just cry about well, it. That's okay. Because, you know, she's so lovely. She's so beautiful. We made a human. We made a human, babe. <laughs> and not only did we make a human, we made a pretty happy human. She's so happy. She's yeah. so lovely. Obviously, she has her moments where you just want to rip your hair out and you're like, I've tried but everything. She's a baby. I know, but it's it it's still frustrating when you're like, like you don't want to eat. You you're dry. You're this. I'm trying to well, hug. Like, I'm trying to make you feel better tonight. Tonight, for instance, we're right. trying to record the podcast, and she starts getting a bit cranky, and so you know there was really no way to settle her. So I just said, you know what, I'm gonna strap her up and I'm gonna take her for a walk because I know that at this point Alex has kind of had it. Up to here. When I say up to here, over the head, my hand is... <laughs> really, like, right at the nipple where she's, like, hurting me and, like, fighting it, but, like, <laughs> wants it, but doesn't want it, but, like, it's, like, I hate it, but, like, you put it in my mouth. It's, like, it's very... It's hard. She just... She needed movement, and so I took her on a walk around the block. I went around once real slow, and I got back, and she immediately cried when I got in the rig. So I took her back out for another walk, and that one put her out fully... Um, but yeah, it's, it's really just being okay with taking that extra step. I well, feel like. and also I think it's, you know, this has probably been the hardest year for our relationship too, just yeah. in terms of like the different stresses and the different, um, 
challenges that we've gone through, mm -hmm. you know, some pretty low lows. 2023 also some really high highs for sure we had really great moments in the year but like i think the low moments are the ones that show your true character you know and like I'm pretty cool with your character and like the communication and the teamwork and you know when i'm low you're picking me up when you're low i'm picking you yes. up and like i think that when bad things happen that's when you really see like are we going to be able to get through this? Yeah. And, you know, I'm really thankful and glad to say that, you know, we can. I love you, baby. I love you, too. I'm always going to be here for you. You know, no matter what. Mm -hmm. I got your back. Same. Like chiropractor. <laughs> that chiropractor fix your thumbs. I know. Be, yeah. I'm glad for him <laughs> I forever. got your thumbs like chiropractor. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you had a beautiful 2023, too. I'm so glad that we're able to, you know, be part of your lives virtually yeah. in any kind of way. If you do find yourself in the St. Pete area in the next, like, month or two, give us a holler because we would love to meet you. Um, if you do end up down here after that and you're, you know, in St. Pete and you want to come check out the coffee shop, it's Raining Berries on Central Avenue right by Tropicana Field. And, yeah, we'd love... Tag us in stories. Yeah. You know, if you do end up there, tag us in a story. We'd love to see you there. Yeah, If you're sure. watching the videos, that always gets me excited when people tag us when they're watching the videos. Hell, yeah. Tag us when you're listening to the podcast. We're F&A Van Life on Instagram. Uh, that's us for real, you know. Yep. I don't know. People think that, like, we're not that big. We answer all of our comments. We answer yeah. all of our DMs. DMs. We, like, we try to be as personable as possible with everybody that's trying to reach out to us. Like, because it means the world to us. Like, if it's not for you guys, then what do we have? Yeah, like, you know? we wouldn't be living this lifestyle if it wasn't for you. Yeah. So, you know, our channel has grown this year. The podcast has grown this year. The Instagram has grown this yeah, year. Oh yeah, everything's growing. And you that's know? great. And if you guys have listened this long, you guys are the real ones. And, <laughs> you know, you're effing awesome. You know, and that's the reason why we have that name, not only because Frankie and Alex, but also because we believe that the life that we're living and you guys out there that are watching are all effing awesome. You know, so with all that being said, we hope you have an FNA day. We hope you have an FNA 2024. Yeah, I like that. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Band life, YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.